HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Welcome. I mean, welcome to the Food Scene on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel. Uh, Tuesday, 3 p.m., as always. I'd like to introduce my two lovely guests, uh, Natalie Smith from Global Table, uh, globaltable.com. It's a wonderful houseware store in the West Village, Soho West Village. Soho. Yeah. yeah. So, and Eugenia Bone, her friend and amazing author, recently of Well Preserved by Clarkson Potter. Um, we're gonna dive right into it. We're gonna we're gonna start talking about uh, beautiful housewares. Um, Natalie started in the fashion industry. Actually, it was it Glamour magazine L W W D. What is that? Women's Wear, Wear Daily. Yes, model I magazine. Model. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh, poking fun. Um, <laughs> so, so mean. Should have brought her. Got to watch out. We should have a mute button. Watch out for this exactly. one. Exactly. Um, and from there prop styling within the magazines? Um, yeah, it was mostly a fashion stylist doing clothing and things like that. But the reason I got into the business was because fashion sort of chews you up and spits you up pretty quickly. <laughs> and um, all the editors, including myself, were bringing ceramics back from Paris that you couldn't get in the city. And I thought, God, you know, all these people who are very stylish are bringing all this beautiful ceramic stuff back from Paris and complaining because their luggage was so heavy. Oh, so. No. so it was one of those covetless kind of uh, yes. conundrums. So I thought, okay, well, maybe I should, you know, open a store once fashion had chewed me up and spit me out. And it was because I really, being an English major, you, you're not really <laughs> equipped to do anything else. <laughs> Funny enough, um, Natalie and Jenya, Eugenia, or is Eugenia, it? Eugenia yes. met years ago at Barnard. And um, it wasn't until walking into your store years later yeah. that you guys reconnected and Eugenia's Eugenia is that yeah, you okay it. Uh, Eugenia's book well preserved featured a lot of Natalie's uh, housewares uh, very well curated housewares at that and yeah. um, 
And Gina's, well, Eugenia is the recipient <laughs> of, of anything that's chipped that nobody else I know, wants. I've got the deal of a lifetime. Yeah. Every When I feel a little depressed, I wander in and see what's chipped. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm going to start doing that too. You watch out, you got you competition now. You have a sad now. face, you yeah. know, and then you can really pull our heartstrings. Yeah, out. Eugenia actually writes a blog for the Denver Post. She lives both New York and Denver about, well, things. It's a preserving um, blog, so since my idea is that preserving happens all year round it the blog is uh, uh, um develops recipes or publishes recipes that i've developed for preserving stuff that's in season year round so every week there's new preserving recipes to the extent that i can handle it you know i'll also do the spin-off recipes from the preserves because i'm also very interested in not just preserving for the sake of preserving but preserving as a way to um, kind of actuate a meal down the road, you know, so that you have the convenience and also, you know, support your local economy throughout the year, not just the harvest, stuff like that. <laughs> Actually, you gave, me a, well, you gave me a wonderful segue to uh, thank our sponsors, which I forgot to say at the top of the show, um, which is Acme Smoked Fish, located in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. They've uh, been a mainstay here for over 55 years using old world recipes, producing some of the finest smoked fish, white fish, uh, salmon, sable for discerning palates. Uh, for more information, where to find Acme Blue, Hay Bay, Blue Hill Bay or Ruby Bay products, visit acmesmokedfish.com. Local, sustainable, uh, preserved, um, really hard to get great stuff from because they're only open Fridays actually from 8 to 1 oh, and there's l- yeah there's a line around the corner yeah, for that kind of stuff but back to your idea of preserve local um, it's it's mainly local idea right well you when you preserve you, you want to preserve stuff that's in pristine condi- conditions so yeah. you're going to use what's in season and at the peak of their ripeness if you, what you put in the jar is what you get out. So if you put some crappy apple stuff, you know, because it's rotting in your fridge, and say, okay, preserving is a way that I can avoid my guilt. That's just bogus. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it, you're going to open the jar and it's going to be still oh, yeah. rotty apple. I think that's a funny thing. A lot of people uh, think of preserving as a way of not throwing something out rather no. than using something at the peak. No. Yeah. Absolutely not. So when I did my book, which was mostly photographed and styled by this lady, Megan Fawn uh, Schlow, who's really uh, talented, and she found out that Natalie was a friend and was willing yeah. to lend us some stuff. She got really excited <laughs> because uh, not everybody gets to borrow things from Natalie's store. And uh, part of the whole idea with using the kind of stuff that's in Natalie's store was... Um, we were trying to produce a canning book that broke down the old paradigm, the like checkered um, tablecloth and all the little cute ribbons. And, you know, it's just, that's just not me. And it's not what I thought modern canners were about. So we used these very modern, sophisticated dishes that would be more typical of a household, of a city household, and actually, than a, um, than a kind of idealized country kitchen and, you know the Midwest somewhere. I mean, not to be disparaging to the Midwest <laughs> or anything, but you know, it's it, it was a, a a kind of a, you know paradigm change, at least in our sort of minds. And Natalie's stuff kind of helped deliver that. Yeah, and Nat- Natalie's wears kind of sing of um, this very refined, but at the same time very handcrafted sense. It's not like a, 
you have the upper echelons of you know fine china that's golden crusted right. and that's there it's 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 beautiful stuff inspired well, organically yeah it's yeah. sophisticated but, yeah. but it should be usable and that's the whole idea yeah. that it's not something that you're going to pull out for a special occasion i mean every meal should be a special occasion and you know especially when eugenia is cooking for you oh, yeah <laughs> you, you know you want to use see my nickname is gina and that's why she's doing the whole eugenia thing which she's probably going to do for the duration oh of yeah this. and af- at lunch afterwards well, you mentioned Model Magazine, right so I had to get you back. Yeah. Oh, for hey, goodness. I'm glad I'm providing you a forum to have fun <laughs> with each other. But back to your wares. I mean, some of the specific ones that you've mentioned to me, uh, Allison Evans, uh, aeceramics.com, which was really beautiful, like handcrafted and kind of inspired by the sea, some repurposed yeah. materials. Um, Dana Broadwin from Brandwine, D- Brandwine from mm-hmm. DBO Home, also inspired by the sea from from Maine. She's more, she's sort of a little more mountain inspired and, yeah. and field inspired, inland. But um, so she does, she embosses her ceramics with like she'll take a frond from a pine tree or something and just impress it into the clay and then glaze it. So you have this beautiful impression on a beautiful plate of something that's you know completely yeah. natural so but, i mean it's 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 so nice to see that these things are so naturalistic that they're yeah. not otherworldly that they're not like no. these weird conventions of you know product uh, of you know these supply chains making the same dish for target over and over right. and over but you know. so so much personality to yeah. each piece the uh how often would do you say the crate and barrel industrial spies oh, come, come on to in. your store? They do. They come in all the time and they they source things. And yeah. Tar- Target actually did that. And um, you know, and then suddenly, you know, a year later, you'll, you'll see what I've had in the store sort of knocked off for you know a fraction oh, yeah. of the price. What, what are like, a couple of those names that um, you've seen then replicated? There was a uh, there's a wonderful ceramic um, studio in Australia called Mud Australia, and Urban Outfitters <laughs> you know bought some of their pieces and basically sent them to China and said here copy this and they were sold in urban outfitter stores everywhere for nothing. where's the soul of that it's all about yeah. that connection you know to exactly. the actual artist and also you know each piece is sort of you can see the you know the the individuality of it because it's handmade and yeah. it's sort of wonky speaking and of a true individual oh for tea oh for tea yeah. yes she is too she does she sort of has these beautiful platters that she embosses with like flowers so it's sort of almost like a surprise when the food is gone you have this <laughs> this image sort of to look at and same thing you know they're all handmade and and beautiful yeah and aside from eugenia's book um a lot of your products end up in magazines and books uh who are some of your more recent clients well food and wine comes in all the time i mean oprah magazine um basically any food magazine sever we did a lot of stuff with um pretty much every magazine that does anything with home or food has been into the store and borrows i mean literally every week a stylist comes in and wants to buy or borrow yeah. ceramics for a photo shoot. So, so how, how well curated is your home, is your uh, armoire? Well, I have a lot of chip plates, too. <laughs> <laughs> but i got to tell you, I've been yeah. in our home for dinner and whatnot, and the, it, Natalie could be an interior designer if she could tolerate clients <laughs> because her house is so unusual and so eclectic. And my 15-year-old son... Mo, he's like, oh, it's so awesome in here. Just because she does stuff that is kind of ballsy that other people don't do with their houses or don't even think that way. And none of it is like high-priced or feels precious. It it actually just feels kind of beautiful and kooky. Yeah. Can you cite some, some more specific examples of certain pieces? Like wallpaper that, yeah. is really... 
Yeah, we do wall. I do. I I love wallpaper. But most of the things I have in my house are things that I've accumulated over years. Some yeah. things that I've found on the street, and it's sort of a nice mix. And so it feels maybe a little more individual. Yeah. So, and, so when you made the transition from fashion into, um, you consider it housewares. What what do you consider your shop? Uh, home accessories. Uh, home accessories. Tabletop. What were your first lines that you carried? Um, this French line called from actually from China called Compagnie um, de l'Orient et de la Chine from Paris, which was not available here, and I started bringing it in, and um, that was sort of the the cornerstone. And then I, my aesthetic is sort of minimal, so I, I yeah. was attracted to a lot of Japanese ceramic artists, and so when I first opened the store, that it was pretty minimal in the store there wasn't a lot there <laughs> and, and you've always been on is it Sullivan always, street yeah, yeah for almost 15 years now what, what address 90s it's um 107 107 Sullivan. i knew there was a seven i go to uh her store so often for people's wedding special occasions oh yeah i, I almost shouldn't be admitting this but a lot of you have those glass blown vases yeah. friends of mine well, yeah. who made those uh, there are lots of different yeah, ones it, from it's the club. those multi-colored little glass blown vases uh pouring pictures the Oh, maybe those are, those might be from um, Holland. Yeah, I don't know if you have many more because I bought all of you them. Bought, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all. It's your fault. You've yeah. worn down the stock. <laughs> yeah, but they, I mean, there's so much stuff in there now. It used to be very spare, but I've you know over 15 years I've accumulated lots and lots and lots of stuff. And yeah, lots of resources. So, and of of Natalie's 15 year run, Eugenia, when did you first come into the store and see that she had this inspired collection of home accessories? God, I can't remember. 10 years ago. Yeah, maybe something like that. About something like that. Yeah. And uh, I started buying, same thing, weddings and stuff like that. And then for myself, you know, I bought a lot of stuff for myself. Um, But I have weird things. Like, I've got the um, antler, iron antler candlesticks. Very That's awesome. Very nice. Who made those? Those are from Roost. Oh, oh, they're super cool. They do the same etched glass little. Yeah, those are. I bought those for too many people and don't have any myself. Those are great. Yeah. 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 And then I went through a big, um, uh, you know, water carafe. But the kind you keep beside your bed with the little glass on Mm -hmm. top. Kind of like what Jonathan Alder is trying to do right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cap the well. (laughs) Yeah. But I bought those for people for a long time because it was reasonable. To, to be honest with you, for considering like the Madison Avenue type of quality in yeah. Natalie's shop, even though it's more, you know, sort of hip than Madison Avenue, but the prices are definitely, you know, Natalie, you could be a little bit higher. In <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's it's kind of absurd. It's kind of how a really well-priced stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you end up going there buying something for your friend, but you always end up with a little something for yourself yeah. You as know, well. there's That's all good. these little cups of, like, little things that are right on our desk when you're paying up. Oh, yeah. And, boy, you can start, like, flipping those in the bag. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like all the candy and magazines it. yeah, exactly. uh, when you're... Yeah, yeah it's like buying Impulse buys. You know, spices yeah. at Except I, I end up with a ton of, like, uh, demi-tile spoons or things made with, you know, mother of pearl. And yeah, but those I'm, things you use, you you know, you're looking for something at the last minute and you pull up, open your drawer and you're like, wow, there it is. I need that right now. Exactly. We're, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back and talk more of a... Those little impulse buys, covet lists, um, and Eugenia's and Natalie's collaboration. What, you know, where's they actually used and well-preserved, and uh, where everybody's going uh, in the future. Okay, Michael Harlan, Terkel, this is the Food Scene on Heritage Radio Network.
back. You're listening to the food scene. S E E N. Uh, I, I haven't figured out how to inflect it, just saying S E E N rather than S C E S C E N E. And I couldn't visualize that for a second on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Michael Harlan Turkel, here with Natalie Smith from GlobalTable.com and Eugenia Bone. Um, your blog is blogs.denverpost.com. Preserved dot com slash preserved. dot com yeah. slash it's preserved. well preserved Colorado is what the post calls it. You know, oh, excellent! Like on their website, the, um, not only a collection of writings, recipes, but also a collection of photos and indos using a lot of Natalie's. Uh, while well, you're saying chipped and you know, <laughs> I just turn <laughs> just, the chip part. Yeah, away. just kind of. But I don't even. Yeah, I don't really care, and I don't think anyone else does either. Yeah, yeah. You know? I'm, they're they're such works of art. They're so personal that. It's not like you're getting something, well, you get worried if something does chip a little too much because they almost feel ir- irreplaceable. Yeah. Um, but what, what are some of the most recent uh, uh, products that you've been using in some of your photographs? Hmm. Well, um, I have these wonderful little pictures that are kind of triangular shaped with a little oh, yeah, round those are great. Yeah, the, they're um, from Spain or Portugal actually from Pordamsa and they're just very modern sort of pointy pictures and things and those are great for serving sauces and things exactly, like that and, you know. and, yeah. they, and they look good in photographs. And then I have um, been really using a lot this white platter with a very small chip in the corner <laughs> that's got gray it's a square platter it's a kind of fantastic size. Uh, you know, I have to say, just yeah. the thing that I use of Natalie's every day is some of her absolute cheapest stuff, and it's this plastic. And I have a pasta bowl, and I bought almost all of them in the store, oh, and right. I've given them away because, <laughs> yeah. you know, I grew up with an Italian father eating pasta. Pasta was always served in, uh, when it was served at the table, in a low bowl. Yeah. A low, wide bowl, also salad. And it was always hard to find them. You know, there was just a weird design thing that wasn't happening usually. Natalie had the perfect pasta bowls where, you know, they were, they look beautiful, they hold the heat well, but they're nice and shallow so you can get at everything. Yes, those so. were discontinued, sadly. So. Oh, sorry. Yeah. We, we have to find another a replacement for those. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's funny thing that you bring up is that with your Italian heritage that you're looking for almost Italian-inspired dishes. Um, do you find, either of you find yourself serving, you know, Spanish food in Spain? you know the the spanish dishes or you know uh mediterranean and tagines i don't actually i i'm i feel that any food can be beautiful on any plate really and i'm not a traditionalist that way and i don't think you are either no but i'm like you know my husband likes to have a glass of wine at the uh at dinner in a water glass yeah and okay <laughs> so you know maybe he's gonna go out and pick you know, grapes in the vineyard later, but not me. I like to have it in a really nice glass. Yeah. I think wine tastes better in a pretty glass. In a, a nice, nice glass, glass. Yeah. I do. And in fact, Natalie has these champagne glasses that I buy um, for like kind of special gifts. I guess weddings would yeah. count. But now I'm the etched ones that you like. I'm kind the of out of the wedding yeah. stage. Yeah. yeah, the tall, skinny champagne glasses. Oh yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. And I've gotten emails back. You know, I have one. My editor actually of Well Preserved, um, Pam Krause, She emailed me back and she said. You give good gift, which I was like, yes, and you know, and then Natalie was wonderful because she said, uh, you know, and they always break, so you can, you know, yeah, people the always glasses need, are always a good present because yeah. people always need more glasses because they always break. Yeah. so that's a good present for yeah. people, and they're reasonable and beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So you know, funny enough, um, my girlfriend's going. Uh, 
well, we're going to her best friend's wedding. She's maid of honor. And for the shower bachelorette party, brought up one of your large wooden bowls. Oh, really? Um, you know, about the, yay the high. Teak. Uh, yeah, yeah, those yeah. teak bowls. And those are great. They're, I have one of those. They're absolutely fantastic. And then going in that store and seeing everything inspired by, you know, nature and, like, organically produced. And I don't mean organic in the sense, Right, you know, not like, in the, like, you know, one of those shoes that... Uh, uh, Tom's or... No. Earth shoes? Yeah. yeah, like, not in the earth shoe sense. Yeah, yeah. Of, but know, in the sense that you actually s- sense. see a true soul or a true yeah. handicraft. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But those are good dishes. also because they come from sustainable yeah, yeah. forests. So it's, you know, you're sort of doing a good thing rather than, you know, raping the earth. You're, yeah. you, know, you have a beautiful bowl that it's made of teak and it'll last forever. That's what boats are made out of. But it's also from a sustainable forest. Then how do you source these things? Are you looking for those kind of dynamics? Um, you're looking for sustainable, local. Well, definitely not local if you're some local. From, yeah, some, I mean local. You know, there aren't very many ceramic artists in Manhattan. Although Judy Jackson is one, and she has a studio oh, yeah. in New York, and she's great. She does beautiful vases and bowls. Um, but uh, basically, what I look for is beautiful shapes, beautiful materials that are not, you know a thousand dollars a bowl or something like that and it's hard to find actually yeah so i mean what are some of the hotter materials i think everyone's into bamboo right now still bamboo is good you know for building bamboo is good but bamboo is is you know problematic because it has to be spun in order to make it into a bowl and sometimes they peel away so you know the the best thing is like a a solid block of wood if you're gonna buy a salad bowl because it's not gonna chip or you know or peel off or whatever so you know and it's interesting to see a lot of restaurants kind of repurpose materials around the cities uh, you know have wood forged from even another restaurant and mm-hmm. is that a growing trend in uh, the housewares home accessories yeah. repurpose materials you know recycled glass is hot and yeah you know, and well it is an architecture too yeah I mean like the Chelsea market in Manhattan yeah is a great example of right. repurposing and it's you know chic it everybody loves this facility looks contemporary yeah i think yeah it's very in line and in tone with the kind of things that you carry um are i mean who are some of the producers that you have that have repurposed materials at the moment or that recycled glass um there's the for wood there's um a company out of san francisco called bahari which they all they do a lot of repurposed stuff and and sustainable forest woods um glasses there's a funny little company i found up in pittsfield massachusetts that does these beautiful sort of swirled glass bowls out of recycled glass and you know, they're just they're they're not that many that do really beautiful. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's kind of schlocky and awful and sort of you know super crafty, which I I don't go for. Yeah. But um, but there are you know it's getting as people are becoming more conscious of you know repurposing things. You know, given what's happening to the world right now, it's becoming easier to find things. So. Yeah. So the majority of the stuff is like the handmade clay. You know, yeah. purpose for an uh, original reason. Um. You know what I find interesting? You said that there are not that many people in New York really doing beautiful ceramics or even ceramics and that kind of stuff at all. Well, I'm sure everyone in Brooklyn will be very angry. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm talking about Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, even in Manhattan, there are a couple here and they're starting to, you know, grow into their own, starting to burgeon. Yeah. And, uh, like, uh, I had actually written a story for Edible Manhattan about John O. Pandolfi, who does a couple mm-hmm. uh, interesting pieces for the Danny Myers restaurants, mm-hmm. uh, 11 Madsen Park, the modern. Um, 
there's perch out in Red Hook, right. I believe, too. Mm-hmm. But why do you think there isn't, um, you know, with the hand, handicrafts movement and artisan movement, why there aren't more people looking to make home accessories and housewares? Well, I think in New York, it's, you know, very difficult to find, you know, affordable studio space. And you, you need a big space if you're going to do that kind of stuff. So a lot of people, I mean, there was a beautiful ceramic artist in um, Brooklyn, Teresa Chang. She moved to Philadelphia. Yeah. And now she has this, like, you know, whole building yeah. sort of devoted to it. And, you know, she grew up and had kids and, you know, wanted more space. So I think that's what happens. Although um, my cousin who went to Oberlin, now she started, started a... Um, a printing uh, silk screening facility out in, in Bushwick. Yeah. And um, what's that? What's it called? You know, I can't remember off the top of my head, of course. Oh, we'll add that one in. <laughs> I guess, well, sorry, Jolie. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so she's got, um, she's doing these beautiful arrows that she makes that are for sale and at um, partners in spade in New York. And, and she's, you know, they're doing it in, in Bushwick. So yeah. people are going further and further out, you know, of the boroughs. Yeah. Because, I mean, when you guys walk into restaurants and you see a plate in front of you, uh, a glass, do you flip it over, see who's producing it? Or you kind of already know it's like one of a few, you know, it's FOH or it's Pile of Wee or right. it's, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, you can usually tell, but, you know, all that stuff is great, too. I mean, I sell a lot of that stuff to restaurants and, and to people, but, yeah. you know, it's not all, all just handcrafted. Yeah. You, know, you know, you need some of that stuff, too, for every day. But, what, um, what restaurants do you sell to? Um, Bocaria has bought a lot of stuff over the years. Hotels, too. The Thompson bought a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, the Mercer Hotel I did a lot of business with. Um, God, just over the years, tons of them. Some, yeah. A lot of them have closed now, unfortunately. <laughs> but they open and close. But, yeah, they all come in. Jean-Georges comes in. I mean, you know, they're all yeah. passing through to look at stuff. Are they looking for a line to supply the whole restaurant or more VIP on the bouche. A lot of it's, kinda. yeah, accent pieces like La Grenouille bought um, yeah. beautiful vases and, and um, Charles Masson comes in all the time and buys things for himself and, and plates for the restaurant as well. Yeah. Oh, so. Like I said before, it's hard to get in there and not buy stuff for yourself, even yeah. if you're shopping for someone else. Yeah. Um, what are you looking for now? I mean, are you looking for any new specific kinds of pieces, new trends, um, new materials? I don't, you know, I don't, I don't really do trends. Basically, yeah. the whole you, you know, trends. I feel, yeah. Yeah, right. yes. yeah, no, yeah. Completely. When you see I those crate and barrel people, yeah. what you know, what else? Well, but basically, that's what I feel like. I'm a curator. I mean, I just go out there, and and I and a lot of people come to me now that I've been established for so long, and and I, you know, if if it's something that I would have in my house, I'll I'll buy it. Yeah. And, you know, it's that it's basically very personal, which is, I think, why a lot of people respond to it, because it's not just sort of cookie cutter. It's some, you know, it's somebody's personal idea of what looks good. Yeah. And what is your favorite overall piece in your home? Not that you have to pick a number one favorite, but what gets most often displayed use and you Jenny you could chime in too if you've been to her house and seen a couple things but actually I have yeah. these crappy tin plates that I've had that, that <laughs> nobody wanted to buy yeah. that I had you know I have like 40 of that we use yeah out in Long I Island like I don't like them. you don't like those <laughs> no I know I never said anything to you about it before. They're so great, yeah. though. So might as wait. So might as well wait, wait until public. they're on air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the food gets cold on them. Oh. Okay. Well, yeah. next next time we have we live very <laughs> yeah. close to each other out in yeah. Long Island, and we have little food parties yeah. now. We yeah. had a pizza party that was pretty rocking the other day. Oh uh, yeah, that was wild. I had never been to a real pizza party. Party, you yeah. know, like that. I'd heard, but that was now I know what where, the hubbub is about. Where did you guys about. go? We, we made house. it at, oh, at, at your house. Our, yeah. We made pizza. My husband's Southern yeah. Italian yeah. via America, and he's he's into cooking and pizza. And so we 
these guys came over and yeah. we drank a lot of wine and made pizzas out of beautiful glasses and off. Fantastic <laughs> Actually, plates. I don't think no, we it was even on the tin yeah. plates. No, and no we didn't even we, use tin plates. The pizza yeah, didn't even lighting them over on the counter. Yeah. The pizza did yeah. not make it to a plate. <laughs> yeah. They were just on In the fact, board. We and didn't even them. sit down. Yeah, no, we didn't stand sit down. up. We yeah. were I mean, it was. Um, yeah, uncivilized and really divine. Yeah, yeah, it's a funny point that you uh, bring up, actually, talking about not just the aesthetics, but, uh, you know, the the temperature control of a plate and stuff. I mean, when you research these products, do you get to actually do R&D, um, get to bring oh, them yeah. in and, like, eat off of them first, or do you just put them on the shelves properly? No, it's usually the other way around. I put them out, and then, I, you know, I'll test drive them if I, you know, one's chipped and I end up with it at home. But, um that's how I test drive things yeah. when I when they end up at my house but I've test driven pretty much everything so yeah. you know I can I can sort of chime in to anybody who has a question and people have a lot of questions about you know what is sold and what they're yeah. going to have on their table and I only hope more people come and have questions I just wanted to thank the two of you for being on the show time flies uh, when it you're does. having fun well thank you for um, having us Natalie Smith of globaltable.com Home accessories galore. I mean, and get ready, even if you're going in there, buy something for somebody that you're going to take something home yourself. Um, Eugenia Bone, thank you so much, author of Well Preserved. Your blog again, blogs.denverpost.com backslash preserved. Um, You've been listening to The Food Scene on Heritage Radio Network. My name is Michael Harlan Turkel. Thanks again to our sponsor, Acme Smoke Fish. That's acmesmokefish.com. I'd like to thank... Jack Inslee, our producer, Nat Wiener, our engineer. And, yeah, tune in next Tuesday at 3. Um, I'm going to start writing down my covet list. I'll be stopping by soon. Get Those roof glasses face. are mine. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, thank you again. Thank you. Thank you.